Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. Let's talk about the best hit high-intensity interval training exercises for maximum fat burning, okay? Now, I'm going to give you examples of lots of uh, high-intensity interval training exercises that you can do, and then I'm going to tell you the number one exercise that just blows everything else away. But first, let me just explain what HIT exercises are. It's a super high-intensity, short-duration type exercise that produces some seriously high growth hormone spike and other benefits. And the cool thing about it is because you're using this high intensity, short duration exercise, um, you're not gonna be doing a tremendous amount of it. So it's a quicker workout, which takes less time for those busy people. But let's just kind of like dissect what exercise really is. You have four parts, okay? You have the duration or time, you have the intensity of the exercise, and then you have the recovery after the exercise. And then you also have how many times you do this specific exercise. How long do you do it? How long do you rest? And then how many repetitions of that are you going to do? So typically when you're doing um, HIT or high intensity interval training, you're doing it only for like 30 to 60 seconds, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter. And then you're resting between 30 seconds or usually like a minute to five minutes. And then you're doing this three times to seven times. And then as far as per week, you might do it, I don't know, once or twice or three times per week. That's kind of like the pattern. Now, if we take a look at why high-intensity interval training works, we want to look at these variables a little bit deeper. Intensity is the key factor in exercise that stimulates muscle growth and also stimulates growth hormone, okay? Now, if we have a low intensity and high duration, a long period of time of exercise, so let's say you're just jogging down the street over a long period of time, it's not very intense, but you're just jogging for like 45 minutes, you will not stimulate growth hormone near as strong as compared if you do a short duration, high intensity type workout. Now, the other key thing about this is this recovery part too. Because if you don't recover from this intensity, you're not going to see the results nearly as strong as if you did take in consideration the recovery. Now, recovery is an individual thing. Each person has a different ability to recover. And there's a really good test that I'm going to recommend that you do to determine your recovery as one of the cautions, because you, the last thing you want to do is overtrain yourself and end up hurting yourself. You know, you don't want to do this if you have injuries because it's high intensity. You also don't want to do it if you have poor recovery, and I'm going to show you a good test to figure that out. And you don't want to do it if you have heart problems because doing this intensity exercise without supervision when you have a heart problem could be an issue. So this is what you'd want to do. You'd want to ch first check your resting pulse rate, okay? You can get a pulse meter by checking your pulse on your fingertip. Uh, you can also just check your pulse here or here, and you're going to count how many beats per minute, okay? Or you could count it for 15 seconds and then multiply it times four. 
Now, normally an average pulse rate is about 72. If your pulse rate is like high, like 90, 100, higher than that, then you need to check that out because that's not normal in a resting pulse rate. If it's low, that's much better. But it really depends because if you don't work out and it's really, really low, that could be a heart problem. But if you do exercise and you're somewhat fit, the, the pulse rate should be like less than 72. It should be like in the 60s. Uh, some people, they're very fit, even comes down to the 50s or even the 40s. And that's a healthy heart. All right, so this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna exercise for one minute and you're gonna do it really intense, like about 80% of your maximum intensity. And so just use judgment on this. I don't wanna to get too complicated. Just go really hard, okay, for one minute. And then check your pulse rate at the end of that one minute exercise. So let's say it was 160, okay? You got your pulse rate up to 160. Then you're going to rest for one minute, okay? Then you're gonna check your pulse rate again. And let's say it's 150, all right? You're gonna subtract these two numbers. This happens to be 10, okay? And then you can use this little chart right here. If your pulse rate only comes down 12 beats or less, okay, that's bad. That means you're at a higher risk of having a heart problem. Now, I had this lady come into my office and we did this test and her pulse rate got up to 150, okay? And then for some reason, I didn't really check after resting. I think we forgot about her or something and she went home. Well, the next day she came in, I checked her pulse rate again. Guess what it was? 150. That's really bad. So her pulse rate did not even change after 24 hours, okay? That means she has no recovery. And I've only seen that uh, bad situation another time where this, this guy who was uh, in the special forces, uh, he was in some exercise. He had to jump from a plane using a parachute and somehow he landed in the trees and crushed his back and he got captured for two weeks and tortured, and somehow he survived that trauma. And before that, guess what he did for a living? He was a rodeo clown. And so he just had a series of traumas. Well, when I checked his recovery, there was absolutely zero recovery. And he had very, very high blood pressure and a lot of problems. We did help him eventually. And that just gives you another example of, of poor recovery. Now, if this top number and bottom number come out to be 13 to 20, okay, there's a moderate risk of a problem. So you want to go kind of light. But if you're 20 to 30, okay, so if this difference is 20 to 30, you're okay, okay, it's, but just, it's not perfect, but it's still okay. If it's less than 30, you're in pretty good shape, you're great. So ideally, you want that pulse rate to come all the way down as far as you can to the resting pulse rate, okay? If you can bring it down to your resting pulse rate, you're in really, really good shape. And I remember another story, real quick, I have to tell you, this is fascinating. This guy, he was 80 something years old, okay? And I noticed his pulse rate, I think it was like 160, came all the way down to his resting pulse rate. And he was in his 80s. So I was very, very impressed. I was like blown away that it came down that much. And come to find out, he won the Olympics when he was younger in water polo. And water polo is probably the toughest sport, the most demanding 
on your cardiovascular system and your and your endurance out of any of the sports. And he apparently took first place in the Olympics. And he maintained his physical fitness through this whole period of time. He can hold his breath easily three minutes underneath the water. So anyway, he had really good recovery. All right, I just want to show you one last thing and we'll go right to the exercises. When you um, start an exercise and you raise your pulse rate, you're really stimulating the sympathetic nervous system. Okay, so this is all about stimulating the sympathetic flight or fight mechanism. The pulse rate goes up, it adapts to the body changes, it gets blood flow through the body. If you didn't have that, your blood pressure would drop, your blood flow and your brain would drop and you, you wouldn't be able to climb up the stairs, you wouldn't be able to exercise. And then at some point you stop, okay? And you're resting. That's this part right here. This is the parasympathetic nervous system control. It's called rest and digest. So the second you stop working out, this system actively comes in there and starts to push your pulse rate down. It starts to get your body down into this resting pulse rate and rest state. So it's actually pushing things down. It's a wave pattern. The problem with most people is they don't really see this system. They don't understand it's an active system that needs to be strengthened. And the way you strengthen it is after you work out, you let your, your body recover long enough. So when you do this pattern of exercise to recovery, realize that this rest period is very, very important to pay attention to and give your body a chance to fully recover. In fact, I recommend that you use your pulse rate and add more rest to let your pulse rate come down to close to the resting state. So instead of doing a pattern of, I don't know, 60 seconds to a minute, maybe you do 60 seconds to four or five minutes rest, especially when you start out. That way you can minimize overtraining and you can start to strengthen your recovery system. You strengthen your parasympathetic nervous system control. All right, let me give you some examples of HIT exercises that are really good. Plyometrics, that is a sudden burst of energy, whether you're hopping on a platform or you're doing some type of explosive motion, okay? I have some old videos of me jumping on a stump back and forth but that's plyometrics, a really good type of HIIT exercise. Jumping rope is another good example of a HIIT exercise. Burpees, another good one. Doing kickboxing, but with kickboxing, you have to make sure that you rest in between because sometimes they'll push you to the point where you, there is no recovery. But with kickboxing, you can actually have some explosive movements. A spin bike, that's another great workout where you can actually do a very short burst of intense exercise using your legs. It's going to get your lungs and your heart, and then you would rest. Kettlebell is another one. The Bulgarian bag, which I'm actually doing right now, which I love, it's like a sandbag that you're doing these different motions and you're whipping them over your body. And you talk about full body intensity. Boy, you can't do this for more than a minute and you have to rest. Crossfit is pretty intense. The problem that I see with CrossFit is that it's really good if you're younger, but as soon as you get older, you better make sure that you recover a lot longer because um, you need this short burst of high intensity with good recovery and you have to make sure that you don't have injuries because it can be very traumatic. Okay, number 10, cross-country skiing. Now I'm talking about those uh, machines that you're simulating cross-country skiing. 
and you can create some serious intensity. In fact, you can burn a tremendous amount of calories with cross-country skiing. Push-ups and sit-ups, you don't really even need any equipment. You can do it without that, using your own body weight. Uh, jumping jacks is another one. Mountain climber exercise is another one. It's pretty intense. And all of these are, are great, but the number one high-intensity interval training exercise is sprinting, okay? They call it sprinting interval training, okay? SIT. In a meta-analysis of over 70 studies, they found that sprinting produced the most fat burning and the least amount of time doing it, which is very, very cool. So when they compared sprint interval training, which is really as a subtype of high intensity interval training, and they compare these two, there was 39.95% higher reduction of fat, overall body fat, and using a little more than 60% less time. So you're spending less time burning more fat if you compare sit exercises to HIT exercises. Now, when they compared sprint interval training to MICT, which stands for moderate intensity continuous training, which is not quite as intense and it's longer, there was over a 91% higher reduction of body fat using 71% less time. So that's really cool. So let me explain a little bit more about how to do this, okay? Because it's slightly different. You're doing an all out 100% effort. You're going as hard and as fast as you can using your whole body, okay? That's number one. You're not using like 80% of maximum intensity. You're just flat out going as fast as you can. Next thing is you're using very short duration. You're gonna find that if you're gonna sprint, you can't go very, very far, okay? Because you're doing this anaerobically without oxygen in your cells and you're gonna run out of oxygen really fast. But it's a great, great workout, not just for fat burning, but overall health. I mean, if you think about like a 100-yard dash, right? These guys are sprinting 100 yards and a really good time would be like 12, 11, 10 seconds. I think the world record was like nine point something seconds. I mean, that is a very, very short workout, right? Well, what I'm talking about is doing a sprint for like 30 seconds up to 60 seconds. Now, for what I'm talking about with the sprinting, I'm talking about maybe you start out with 15 second sprints, okay? Working your way up to 30 second sprints and maybe eventually up to 60 second sprints, but uh, most people won't get up to 60. They'll stay at 30 second sprints. So that's a very short workout, right? So it's a shorter workout, but your rest has to be longer. You wanna rest between two and four minutes with a full rest. You don't wanna jog in place. You wanna sit down, let your pulse rate come all the way down to normal. So this is your workout, okay, if you're gonna do sprinting. Maybe you find a place where there's a, a park, with nice soft grass, you have your tennis shoes on and you can sprint. You start out doing your 15 second sprints, okay? And you're gonna do four to six of those, okay? Maybe you start just with four of those. And then you're gonna rest between two and four minutes until and you can check your pulse rate until you're really calm. And then you would do it again back and forth for about four to eventually six sprints in a given workout. And you would only do that twice a week. That would produce 
way more fat burning than any of these right here. I'll put the link down below of the research. All right, and lastly, since we're on the topic of fat burning, if you want to speed up your fat burning, okay, you need to see this video right here. Check this one out next. Hey guys, I just wanna let you know I have my new keto course just came out. It's a mini course. It covers all the basics and how to do it correctly. You can get through this in probably 20 minutes at the very most. So if you're interested, click the link below and get signed up now.